Hey friends, welcome back to the Women's Cast, part two episode of our discussion on our theme for the upcoming year, our theme of looking at our strength in Jesus. My name is Allison Mesger. I serve as the Central Women's Ministry Director at the Austin Stone. So excited that you are joining us again. We kind of left you hanging last week. We talked a lot about how we inform our own ideas of what strength looks like, both internally and from inputs from the world. And and we didn't give you much resolution. We didn't give you much about what scripture actually says. So I'm super excited to be once again sitting in my closet with two very dear (laughs) friends. I want to let them introduce themselves, but we're back here and we are excited to kind of do the second part of the conversation. I'm so thankful for what Persia and Amanda contributed in part one, but it's, I think it's fair to say that you two have the, the, the better and abiding (laughs) story to tell today. So you guys introduce yourselves. Yeah. So I'm Annette Harrelson. I'm the Connections and Women's Ministry Director at our North Congregation. And yeah, I'm just, I'm, super excited about this topic for this year because I feel like I'm constantly learning about my weaknesses Mm -hmm. and pressing more and more into the strength of Christ. So I'm super excited that we're doing this with our women this year. Awesome. And Annette, you're currently sitting in a tiny camping chair. (laughs) Yeah, I'm feeling very weak right now. Um, You giggled a lot when you sat down. We wished we had been recording. I'm really trusting in the strength of this chair right now. (laughs) It's lightweight, but very sturdy. Okay, good. Um, your, Your head is kind of grazing up against some of my sweaters um yeah um, <laughs> it's like a kid hiding from their mom in the closings rack i, know. I mean rack. i just feel like i'm in the inner sanctum right here. yeah there you go kate oh hey guys uh my name is kate terry serve as the director of equipping and women's ministry at our downtown congregation um yeah i'm really excited uh that this is going to be our theme for the next year similar to what annette was sharing i feel like when i think of my journey of walking with Jesus, um, these moments of understanding my own weakness have been the ones that have ultimately brought me closer to him. So I'm excited that we're going to get a chance to focus on this with our women. Thanks guys for being here in this very unique little environment. Um, Okay. We started by asking part of the episode, the last part of the podcast, this question, and it's silly, but it also, I think, is there's a connection to, to what we're talking about because we get ideas of what makes something strong from a million places. So if you had a superpower, what would it be? Mine would be time manipulation. Oh, I think Ooh. about that is sophisticated. I think Steelers? about Hermione in um, the book of Prisoner of Azkaban, you know, with her time turner, uh-huh. but with naps. Like working in the naps because I would love to have more time to like read all the books I want to read and listen to all the music I want to listen to and spend all the time with people, but still have time to recharge because I'm an introvert and need to recharge and then do all the things that I want to do that I never have time to do. So yeah, I mean, that was real. That's, I would love that. You love that. Okay. All the time in the world. Yeah. All right. Great. Okay. Okay. So mine is teleportation because mainly like the immediate reason this popped in my head is I was like, how great would it be when I get off work Thursday evening to just teleport to the mountains of Colorado Mm -hmm. for a 48 hour period and teleport back to to take advantage Mm -hmm. of 
the 70 degree weather that they're currently having there. And instead of the 116 that's yeah. in my car, you know, yeah. so <laughs> you're like, I love Austin, but maybe not right now in this moment. Yeah. And honestly, even just the little things. I mean, it's funny, sure. like you talk about manipulating time, you know, so that you can have these other opportunities, naps and reading and all that. And I'm like, if I could skip the commute in my car from this meeting, this meeting, then I'd have more time to do this thing. So it's kind of like the same mm-hmm, goal in mm-hmm, mind. Mm-hmm. If I could just skip the 15 hour drive, then like yeah. I'd get more time there, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's what I would say. Well, I, I'm pleased with both of those answers because I feel like if either one of you had them, they would serve me as your friend as well. <laughs> like it nice. like hitch a ride yeah. or like get that extra nap in uh-huh. as well. So yeah. I'm a fan of, bo- of both of those. <laughs> Well, as we are about to kind of turn the corner into the next ministry year for us, school year, it's it's good and right for us to kind of look back and be reminded of God's faithfulness, be reminded of what we have learned just as individual women in our church, um, but also as as women um, leading in ministry and to not to not miss that chance to just kind of move on to the next thing, which all of us can be guilty of at, in different seasons. So before we talk about strength, I would love to know from each of you, when you think back on kind of the 21-22 school year, if you will, we spent a lot of time talking about finding hope in Jesus, right? We found hope in the middle of lamentations, right? We we saw in a lot of ways that the hope in the gospel did not express itself or, or was not found in the ways that we would normally think about finding hope, at least as the world says. Um, that sounds great and good and uh, but what has that actually looked like in your life? What what has what's been the thing that you're taking from that year? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was really that hope is grounded in an experience that I can tangibly look to, and a mm. couple really. I mean, the first one is very, so very personal. It's grounded in when I met Jesus. Mm. My hope is grounded in that moment where I knew that he was real and that he loved me and that he cared for me and he died for me. And so I can go back to that moment when I knew him, like mm. I experienced him mm-hmm. and it grounds me in such a way that just, you know, this idea of, of something out there could never ground me. Mm. And then also being able to look in the word and see what he did for me in, yeah. you know, not just the gospels, which of course the gospels, but all the things throughout scripture, it's my hope is experiential, mm. um, but it's in in experiences that are true and real and good and righteous and right, not my circumstances, which are so broken and and fallen because of this world. That's really beautiful, Annette. It's, it's so encouraging to hear how a concept like hope, which can sound so fluffy and kind of like how do you get your arms around that? But you connecting that to something very specific, yeah. right? He, he was a real person like yeah. God incarnate he lived a real life what we read in a word about him is true and yet you and, and also you've had these very real encounters with him mm-hmm. through his word through the body of Christ through the with the help of the holy spirit and so those are very real solid things yeah for this kind of fuzzy idea of hope to really be latched onto mm-hmm. which is really really good thanks for sharing that kate yeah. what about you yeah i mean i i totally agree i was really encouraged just even hearing you share that, Annette, thinking about your own testimony and your own story and takes me back to some very visceral moments um, that I go back to again and again when I'm feeling discouraged, when I'm feeling 
worn out, these moments of encountering God and experiencing him for the first time that will always be places that I can find some rest and some hope in. I think when I first reflected on the last year, our book study of Lamentations did come to mind. I think just the practice of lamenting and learning, like probably just a year before that in the midst of COVID, I felt like for me personally, like needing to understand the gift and the practice of lament really helped me take all these things about our world and the ways it was impacting me personally and my own grief in different areas of life to learn to take that to God, that he can handle it, that he's the safe place to go to, um, and that there's something kind of miraculous that happens through that process of bringing our weighty things to him, the grief, the questions, even the anger, the like, God, why are you doing this? Like in learning how to do that, that produced intimacy and produced that kind of, it's not like any circumstance changed, but produced that hope, that hope of, okay, he's with me in the, you know, the phrase that we kept using throughout that study, kind of in the messiness in the middle, you know, that he's found in the middle of that. It's not that he's just watching us kind of from afar go through these things. He's in all those little details and We can know that he's using them, but sometimes it's hard. And that's where that practice of lament can be very helpful. So, yeah, that was is definitely a big takeaway for me from this last year and is something I'm continuing to have to practice and see as a tool in my walk with Jesus. Yeah, that's really good. I think, um, you know, as we were beginning last year. I think, and and you kind of hit on some of it, Kate, just with the season we were all coming out of of the pandemic, what it felt like we as women at the Austin Stone needed to really focus on was where is our hope coming from? Because it can't be on just our circumstances Mm -hmm. getting better. We want to be women who are grounded in the hope of Jesus. And I think as we have kind of collectively and individually wrestled with that over this past year, I know I started and we as a team started asking the question, what, what comes after hope? Yeah. Right. And so to some degree, um, what does it mean for us to be grounded in that that faith in him and that hope in what he's done and that it guarantees what he will do in the future and that that should embolden us mm-hmm. like that there is something that that actually cultivates in us that is even beyond the hope itself. It's not just the hope that enables me to hang on. It's it's hope. And now I can take some significant steps forward, right, in in pursuing holiness, in pursuing mission, in pursuing community that, if I'm honest, I think the last couple of years still leave a lot of us feeling really weak, right? We, we may have our, our hope in Jesus, but we feel exhausted and depleted. Yeah. And so how do we kind of couple that hope with the necessary to strength Mm. to keep going, Mm -hmm. right? So call it strength, call it steadfastness. I mean, there's a lot of different ways we can kind of talk about this, but if we feel weak and depleted, first step is our our hope has to be sure in him. But beyond that, how are we, what are we being filled up with? Mm -hmm. Um, And and so really that's, that's kind of where we want to lead the conversation over the, the next year. So when I sat down with Amanda in Persia, we talked primarily about and what does our flesh tell us? What does the culture tell us about strength, about what it, how we respond when we experience weakness in our own lives, which we all do? I'll tell you a couple of the things that kind of take away from that. And, and ladies, if you, if you missed that part, here's kind of the recap, um, is that we all kind of have different perspectives on what defines strength, right? Coming from personal experiences, family dynamics, things that we pick up on in culture, so we, we look to the outside a lot, but we also feel we, we define things 
in internally. And it can be based a lot on what are your kind of natural strengths. And so you feel really acutely the weakness when maybe those aren't able to, when, when you hit a wall with some of those, when they mm-hmm. don't actually get for you what they maybe had in a yeah. previous circumstance, when they let you down, mm-hmm. right? And so as that plays out for each of us in different ways, whatever it is that we run to, and we all run to something when we do feel weak, when we're trying to feel strong, that that, um, I think, universally is something that stirs up and reveals really a lot of different idols in our hearts. Mm-hmm. So we may avoid something. We may double down on something like, well, I'm, I'm going to be strong here, right? Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to avoid that completely because I, I do feel weak there. Mm-hmm. So it, it can play out in a lot of different ways. But the result for all of us, as we kind of reflected on, hey, how's that working out for us? Like <laughs> yeah. when we do that, how, how's that? Is that working for you? It's a resounding no, right? Like that yeah. it doesn't get for us what we're actually wanting. And so that's kind of where I'm inviting you guys into the conversation is if 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 us pursuing strength in our own way doesn't go well for us. Number one, I think the question for you guys is, does that resonate? And then two, if that's not the answer, what is and where do we find that? Yeah, it definitely resonates with me because I grew up in a single mom home. My mom was a single mom of four kids. Mm. And I remember thinking that my mom was so strong. But now looking back on it, what I realized is that she just hid from us her struggles Mm -hmm. um i i think of those times like there was one time when she woke me up in the middle of the night because she had this thing called pleurisy it's this you know really like this pain in the chest and Mm -hmm. she had like been up all night trying to figure out what to do and she found out that she was supposed to wrap herself like in an ace bandage around the chest or something like that and she had to wake me up because she couldn't wrap it herself and so she i'm this Mm -hmm. like 12 years old trying to help her and i didn't this looking at my mom in that moment, I didn't know her. Mm. But the Mm. thing is, I mean, she was a single mom. She had real weakness. I'm sure she just refused to show it to us. Mm. And because of that, there's a distance in my relationship with my mom Mm. because she just didn't allow herself to be seen by Mm. me. Mm. Um, And, and it's just something that I've kind of taken to heart in my relationship with my kids to let them see not that false idea of strength. Mm. So, yeah, that really resonates with me because when we put forward a, a false idea of strength, it damages us. It can mm. we lose. Yeah, we lose things. Yeah. And you're hitting on something we didn't even get a chance to talk about, which was that that there's a communal impact to that. Yeah. Right. When we're not living in the reality of. Yeah. Like, I'm weak, you're weak. We're made for more. We're made for, you know, e- each other. Sharing We're made that. for the church. We're made for sharing yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. Bearing each other's burdens. Kate, how does that initially yeah. resound with you? Man, I'd love to be the outlier and be like, I don't know what y'all are talking about. <laughs> um, I was like, man, could I really pull that off of yeah. yours? But not anywhere close. Yeah, it all resonates with me. I think the only other thing that I'd kind of add that came to mind for me was how much I find myself getting caught up in is got to be just this worldly kind of narrative that I've let kind of stick in my brain or somewhere got kind of, you know, melded together with what I thought was maybe right or godly, but just that kind of narrative in my mind that more is better, Mm -hmm. like to do more, to add more to your plate, like that that's what 
equates maturity or growing in like leadership and discipline is if you can do more. (laughs) And when I really like when I slow down and even just think of that, because in my natural gut, I'm like, well, it's not untrue. You know, like there's some parts of that of learning to take on more sure that that maybe could equate with some growth that each of us needs in different ways. But but when I slow down and really think about it, it it exposes really quick, like how anti-gospel that is, Mm. that I've really bought in and to that lie in such a way that when I need to feel my limitation, like I, I'm so averse to limitation. And, but I know that the times in my life when I've had to assess those things and take steps to heal and have more health in my life, it's always meant limitation yeah. because God has not made me to be an infinite person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not any of us. Sorry if that's. <laughs> You know, yeah. breaking news for you yeah. if you're news. listening to this. But, but, in, but I, but I mean it like really soberly, yeah. if I'm honest, because I think our understanding of that and really believing it or not is a game changer in our day to day health and our understanding of the strength and weakness stuff. Yeah. Because God has made us to be limited yeah. so that He can be infinite. For a lot of my life, I've pushed up against that mm-hmm. and tried to be that kind of infinite being. And then I crash and burn. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, it for sure resonates. I think. And and some of us are maybe more wired in this way than others, but I, I know that I've, you know, I want to be the out, you know, you want yeah. to be the outlier. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be the outlier and the like, no, I can actually work full time, have a family, have community, do all mm-hmm. these things yeah. and actually, you know, never will a ball be dropped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, that's, yeah. that's not, that's not good for me and it's not realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it yeah. leads to a ton of disappointment and striving and, and heartache and, and brokenness mm-hmm. between other people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think we're all in agreement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sounds like we're in agreement that the way that we naturally come to an understanding of what strength is, is there's there, it's broken, right? It's not working for us. We need something better. We need to tell a better story about what strength in our lives, strength even in our faith looks like. Mm-hmm. So where do we go from there? What do you initially think about in the gospel, in the scriptures that starts to rightly inform what can naturally get so off track so quickly. Yeah. For me, it was really a a kind of a a rewiring in my thinking because I realized that probably a lot of what my mom's idea of strength, where that came from, was from the church that we grew up in, which was, it was really, it was not gospel based. Mm -hmm. It was very self-righteousness based. There was a lot of pride that was there, you know? And so it, that gives me a lot of compassion for my mom understanding that, but also makes me run to the gospel now because I realize how much freedom from the striving and the hiding yeah. is found in the true gospel of Christ where he is the one that did it all for me mm-hmm. so that I didn't need to be the one. I don't need to be the one who can, you know, earn my own righteousness. I don't need to be the one who is strong for all my kids. Mm -hmm. I don't need Mm -hmm. to be the one who has it all together, who has all of the answers. My Jesus has all the answers. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to be the one who is always perfect. And I struggle with that still because Mm -hmm. it got so ingrained in me growing up. But Jesus was my, is my perfection. He, he did it all for me. And so it is It is a constant reprogramming that's going on in my mind 
hope of running to the gospel, but every time I do, it's just so freeing. You know, it's like that moment in like a basketball game or something where the score has been run up so much <laughs> that they start to sit in the, the B string people yeah, yeah. and there's no pressure on them. And yeah. so they're not like freaking out going, I have to make the shot. They're just mm. having fun, mm. just experiencing the joy of being able to do it. And and embracing the gospel and the truth that Jesus already ran up the score. Yeah. It's already a done deal. Yeah. Just frees me up to mm. when I'm walking in obedience to Christ and following his commands, it's in a freedom and a joy that mm. I would never get to experience if I was trying, if I was having to earn it all on my own. And so that that strength right there. Yeah. So yeah, it's just it's just a rest, really. Yeah. It is. It's a, it's a kind of rest that is brought when realizing that his strength is enough. I'm yeah. smiling real big at you, Annette, coming in with the sports analogy. <laughs> it's just it's just amazing. <laughs> that's not my I normal mo. But not, you know, it was per it was perfect. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, when I when I, I as you were describing that, I'm thinking that's exactly what we want for our people to to think that. I mean, really, to use your analogy, my hope is secure. Like the game is won. Yeah. The game is won. My, I don't, the scoreboard makes zero sense to me right now, but the game is won. So I'm going to go in and like, and play the game yeah. and, and do the things. And yeah. there is, there's a beauty in that. Yeah. And that, I don't have to be the best player. I can, yeah. I can be weak. Yeah. I can yeah. Be just weak. enjoy. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I can't get over the sports reference. It's so yeah. awesome. She, she stole your line. I well, feel like. I'm done now. I have yeah. nothing to say. Yeah. Kate, I'd like no, to I'm know kidding. what you think about Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, oh, man. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. We'll role play here. We'll switch. I'm literally reading at night, though, right now, Little Women. Like, that is my... that So... I, you know, I'm harnessing my inner Annette. It's there great. <laughs> my, my heart just was fluttering. <laughs> this is awesome. Guys, this is the family of God right here. Right here. <laughs> Being witnessed on this podcast. Yeah. No, man, when I was thinking about, you know, what is my earliest understanding of this concept that we're talking about and really trying to believe this? Allison, you know the story. So I don't know if you oh, know, I'm so you know where I'm headed. But, I do. I'm um, so excited. <laughs> I'm going to take you back to seventh grade church camp with Kate Terry, guys. Mm. And this was the theme that my home church went with. And it still makes me laugh to this day. But literally, like the title of the camp that was put on T-shirts and swag and all the stuff was Come Strong, Leave We've Broken. broken. <laughs> <laughs> and it's become a little bit of our missional community mantra. <laughs> it's like, all right, guys, come strong, leave broken. And yeah. it just makes you laugh because you're like, to a group of kids, you're like, what? Yeah. Like, this is Great the Great gospel truth, horrible marketing. Yeah, horrible <laughs> title for a camp, for a summer camp. But literally the teacher was like broken glass with this title <laughs> over the glass. But as much as I joke, y'all, like that that is the time when I'd say that I grasped the gospel in a mm-hmm. meaningful way for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, because I remember sitting in this session and of course, with that theme, you know, they are unpacking Second Corinthians 12, um, which we're going to have a chance to study uh, this fall and giving us a new definition of strength. That yep. was the whole point of that silly camp theme was that they wanted to redefine what strength meant for us mm-hmm. and help us know that, OK, God's power is made perfect in your weakness. And this crazy thing that then we actually can boast in our weakness mm-hmm. And that I can be content in weakness in the way that that kind of chapter ends is it just simply says, for when I'm weak, then I am strong. And y'all, like, that was the opposite of the worldview that Kate Terry understood at that time in my life. And 
I grew up in a home where strength and kind of suck it up mentality and like even if you are struggling or emotional or whatever it is like present that you are strong and and that that's kind of how you push past even those things is by pulling yourself up by your bootstraps mm -hmm. kind of mentality and I was an athlete and that's kind of the world you live in is you know push harder go go further yeah. right and and it's so, the I mean, more you were talking that, about. Yeah, it's yeah. some of that narrative, right? And so this idea of weakness, not just pushing past it really quickly, uh, trying to, you know, solve it and rise to the occasion kind of thing, but instead, oh, oh, it can be necessary. Mm -hmm. It can be good. It's something I need to sit in mm -hmm. <laughs> so that I can be strong. Like what? Like that, that equation didn't work for me. It didn't make any sense to, for me. And so, but of course, exactly what Annette, you were saying with this uh, awesome kind of example, the freedom that's found when you embrace that, yeah. the joy that's found when you understand that the pressure's off of you. It's not pulled up by your bootstraps yeah. because the game has already been won. Jesus has already taken care of the burdens and the need for you to feel like you got to suck it up to present to something. He's like, no, you don't. I've already taken care of it because I know all of you in your weakness and I've chosen you in that. Yeah. And for me, that that message pierced my heart mm -hmm. and helped me understand God's love for me because it wasn't a love that was dependent on me, my performance. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a love on me getting my act together on me. If I could pull myself up by my bootstraps, it was no, no, no. I'm not asking that of you. I've already done all that work. And Kate, actually, the work you need to do is like learn to be content in your weakness so that you can discover the strength that's found in me. Yeah. I mean, that was, man, the first time I really caught that and it it changed my life because of that message. Yeah, I think in, in a lot of ways, I mean, some of what y'all have hit on, which, I mean, spoiler alert, this is kind of how I think this theme, as we get into different facets of Scripture throughout the year together, what we're going to see unfold is that just like hope was found kind of in the messy middle, right, which was a, a, that's a surprise. Um, that's not what we're geared to think, that strength is actually going to be found in weakness, that, yeah. that that's when we really are are most open to the gospel in terms of first transformation, but really the posture of heart that we're trying to take as we grow in Christ-likeness is that in our weakness, right, in our coming back to him in repentance over and over and over again, that that's actually what makes our faith strong and what helps us kind of tap into the strength and the power that that he can use us to demonstrate to to a world that's looking. So again, I, in a lot of ways, I think our theme for the year could have been weakness, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it really, and in some ways it is, yeah. Um, because in talking about strength, we're going to have to talk about that's, it's going to, in a very uncomfortable, but really freeing and necessary way, be found in us getting really kind of at peace with the fact that it's, it's actually weakness that we're talking about yeah. in a lot of ways, um, which is really exciting, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, this is not something that any of us have arrived at, mm -hmm. right? It's not like once you kind of understand that concept, you're like, okay, okay, weakness is good. <laughs> I need people. I need, you know, an active pattern of, of repentance and belief anew because I am weak and broken and sinful, that that's where God's power and glory is going to show up is when I have that posture. We can, we can understand that all day long. And then there's the living that out, right? In the same way that we will never kind of stop needing to be reminded that our hope is ultimately in Jesus, right? That that he is real. Everything you started out with telling us in it 
So, so none of us have arrived. We're not approaching this conversation as though, okay, we got it. We're weak, which means we're strong. Good. Mm-hmm. Let's like <laughs> now take the bumper tower. Sticker. Right. Yeah. Bumper sticker. As you kind of think about the next year, we're obviously going to hopefully grow in our understanding of this and, and grow in our, our love for Jesus even more in community as we talk about this. But what does it look like to kind of start to live in light of this? Right. So we're we're not we haven't arrived. But we're also not starting from zero. Mm-hmm. Right. So if, if you've been in Christ, like you have been exposed to the idea that it, it's it's when we're able to say, actually, I do need a savior. Yeah. You know, that he meets us in that. So, yeah. you know, what comes to mind when you think about, man, if I were to live in light of this, like, what is your hope for yourself? Maybe what's your hope for our people, mm-hmm. um, for our women, for them to grow living in light of this over the next year? Hmm. This was, um, I mean, there are a couple of things that are that are warring for my attention in my mind right now. But I think I think the big one that I'm just going to go with because it really does fit with what I've been kind of talking about here is humility, mm. embracing humility and all that that means for me. Because what I've what I've realized is that when I humble myself. My relationship with Jesus just grows and grows and grows because he just meets me in that and just pours out more. But then the other thing that happens is when I am humble in front of other people, Mm. humble in my approach to them, humble in my just being honest about my struggles and stuff, my relationship with them grows deeper too. Mm -hmm. And so I read Andrew Murray's Humility several years ago. (laughs) And yeah, it's still a book that I go back to over and over again. I've shared it with so many people who I think would be really good leaders. It's one of the Mm -hmm. books that I share with them. And it's because... I just think it's a game changer for you in being able to posture yourself in a way that the the strength of 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 Jesus really does pour in, but also the strength that we have in community is mm-hmm. able to be mm-hmm. um, highlighted in, in such a beautiful way in our lives. Yeah, that's um, awesome. So yeah, humility, living actively pursuing humility. Yeah. Which I mean, I, I think it's probably fair to say that. If you think about what humility is, it's really just a, a operating out of a right understanding of your own limitations and weaknesses. Yeah. Right. And yeah. not putting on some air that things are different than yeah. that. I mean, vocalizing it. Yeah. Be explicit. Journal about it. Yeah. Talk to your friends about it. Share it with your MC, your LTGs, yeah. your groups. If that's so <laughs> yeah. your group. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. What about you, Kate? I think one of the things that we can get caught up on maybe in our earlier years of following Jesus is this sense that if I'm growing in maturity, it means that I should repent less <laughs> or like mm-hmm. be able to move past something. And that's not to say that, yeah, we shouldn't see some of that progress or growth in our life in, in specific areas. But I think part of the practical practical application when I think of embracing my weakness and in doing so, receiving the strength of God on my behalf. It means that part of my growth is repenting more and not less, yeah, is right. recognizing. I mean, this is really just an output of what you were saying in that. Mm-hmm. Like, the more that I embrace humility and understand that 
nothing in this life is from my doing and my effort. It's from what God has done. That's going to like cause me to kind of look, look at my life with new a new lens and say, oh man, look at all these ways that I've been trying to do things in my own strength, in my own power, my own control, which means I'm going to start to identifying ways that I've been sinning. I wouldn't even realize I was sinning, you know, 10 years before that that's actually maturity yeah. is that we're going to discover new ways, new areas that we've been kind of clinging to in our own power, our own yeah. strength, our own ability that God, I think until he takes us home is like, Hey, Kate, Annette, Allison, I want all of you. Mm-hmm. I want every single bit of you. And that's going to require this life activity of humility. Um, and I think one of the practices of that lived out really tangibly is repenting, mm-hmm. is bringing those things to him. Yeah repenting to God first and doing so in community too, you know, and that's part of the gift of the family of God and accountability that we have. I think that's the first thing I'd say. I think the second would be that simply like practicing this is learning to believe God's gospel rather than the world's gospel. Mm -hmm. You know, some of that, what I started with of just having even recognized like, where am I off? Like, where am I, where am I kind of influenced by this world or my upbringing and some of those that are so ingrained in me. I didn't, I don't even know. Like for many of us, yeah. it might take kind of sitting there for a while mm-hmm. and even asking other people in our life, like, what have you kind of noticed in me, the ways I'm depending on self, the ways I'm depending on other things that I don't even know because I've never done it another way, you know? Yeah, that's right. And because the world is constantly, it's constantly forming us. You know, we talk about spiritual formation and that need for it to happen within church. And, and of course, we want to offer all kinds of ways for to do that for our women. And, and, and we do. But in many ways, before we step into spiritual formation, we have to kind of think of the ways we need to be unformed. Yeah, <laughs> we have to right. address the ways the world has already formed yeah. us, yeah. has already impacted us. And so yeah. I, I, for me, I know that there's going to be that default, maybe even more than the spiritual truth, even though I'm banking my life on that, there's yeah. going to be that default that I maybe fall into of, Okay, when I feel weakness, isolate and figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. go, 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 problem solve. Yeah, <laughs> go, yeah. put, push that emotion down. Don't show that to anybody else because that's vulnerable. That is yeah. putting you at risk. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're that, that's that narrative, right? That that worldly kind of influence that it still's got its hooks in me a little yeah. bit, and so it's it takes like me trying to fight that with God's word and and meditation on what's true, um, asking for the Spirit's help, and it takes inviting people into that. Yeah. You know, I mean, in many ways, I think what you're pointing out is that, I mean, just like when we talked about hope, the the answer was was simple, right? Like we were always going to point to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of the work is in the undoing what we run to before we get to him. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and that's yeah. the complicated you know, very, very personal, sometimes communal, the, a million different expressions of what do I run to when I'm not running to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so doing that untangling work mm-hmm. is really yeah. important. And I, yeah. I mean, when I think about you know, Jeremiah telling us that the heart is deceitful above all things, I know that for me, one of the primary ways that my heart will deceive me is to tell me that I'm strong. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I know, again, this kind of like theoretical, this biblical truth that 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 weakness is okay. That mm-hmm. that vulnerability and being needful of mm-hmm. a savior and needing to repent. That all that is good, and yet my heart's going to just constantly 
tell me yeah. that that's not the case. Yeah. And so it's doing that untangling work that you were talking about. But because my heart's deceitful and doesn't want me to even see that, I have to have other people mm-hmm. like speak into that to help me see what I can't about my own heart. And then and then search the scriptures even more to help me kind of connect the dots between the specific things that I'm running towards instead and and redirect me back to Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So that it's it's not just a hey guys look to Jesus, look to Jesus. It is that. But it's also looking at yourself to know where your heart gets off. Well, it's Keller talks about uh, idols in our life, yeah. you know, and and the and we know the phrase of our hearts being idol factories. And so, but when you are seeking to replace an idol, you you have to supplant it with something else. Is yeah, what he talks right. about that it's actually replacing that worship of said idol, said thing that you're finding strength in, right. worldly strength, mm-hmm. worldly ambition, and yeah, with. The what is the the aspect of the gospel of God and His character yeah. mm-hmm. that we're replacing that on the throne of our hearts? Yeah, you know that's going to rewire that for us. We mm-hmm. just as much as we're we're trusting in the true things, we have to be identifying things that get in the way of that and remove them and replace it with with God's strength. Yeah, that's good. Well, I mean, I can't think of a better tie-in to make sure the women listening know that in September. I mean, I think one of the things we're probably most excited about this year to kind of kick off our conversation about strength, even before we get into Second Corinthians this fall and Joshua in the spring, is the women's workshop where we're going to focus mm-hmm. on gospel fluency. Yeah. And it really is taking a lot of what Kate in particular, but, but all of us have been talking about, which is what does it look like to actually live lives of active repentance, which comes exactly like you were, Annette, saying that that comes from that posture of humility and really knowing our standing before God, but knowing what kind of Savior we have, Yeah. but doing that more regularly, not less. And what does it look like to do that in the areas of life, in the areas of our life, and believe those true things um, in ways that we've never really let the gospel speak into? Mm-hmm. Everything from, you know, different circumstances we're in, but also kind of our internal worlds mm-hmm. um, and helping letting the gospel shape our thoughts and our emotions, mm-hmm. which is going to be something that I think is just, I know it's really needful in my own life. Yeah. Um, that's not something I can hear enough and kind of grow in enough. I'm really excited that we're going to get to do that. Yeah. yeah. As a group of women in September. So uh, guys, it's been so great sitting with you in my closet. <laughs> in the tiny little chairs. <laughs> in your tiny little chair. I'm almost laying down right now. Oh, gosh. Exaggeration. Oh, my gosh. And now we got to take you camping. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, any closing thoughts, any just final hope or wish or encouragement for the ladies listening? I, I really do hope that they, they come to the workshop. Um, gospel mm. fluency was something that was first introduced to me back probably eight years ago or so. And it has been one of the most impactful things in terms of rewiring my thinking yeah. toward the gospel. That's good. I couldn't um, agree more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was exactly going to be what I said. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. Still, I, I yeah, you did, you did. But the I'll, sports I'll, analogy listen, and the gospel. All of it, all of it. Oh um, my gosh. But, but truly, like, I want to double down that for any women that are listening to this, you know, we, 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 point out and and kind of give a lot of resources in your direction all the time of putting great things in front of you to to study or or ask of you to come and spend your time. This is one I'd say, like, if you're going to do one thing this fall, do this with us. Yeah. I, I know that I really believe in it to that extent. And I, and I know that our, our, our pastors w- would say the same, um, that this is a tool that can really change 
uh, your day-to-day life with God and and with others. And I think that that's God's heart is that he wants us to love him and love others. And this mm-hmm. tool really practically helps you do that. Mm-hmm. And often we can we can hear the sermons on a Sunday and, and do all that, and it's wonderful and that's good for our formation, but we can be itching for that practical how do I do this, though, with my thoughts, yep, with yep. my feelings, with my temptations, with my idols? And guys, that's what this is going to be addressing. Yeah. And so, man, book that Saturday right now. Invite your friends. Mark your calendars. Mm-hmm. We'd love to have you there. Well worth it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Guys, you can find all this information on the Austin Stone website, but registration will open on August 4th, and the workshop will be Saturday, September 10th. And we are we are so excited about it. Annette, Kate, thanks so much for being here. Um, this was, I think, just really encouraging to me and I hope encouraging to the women listening. I hope it's left you guys out there listening. I hope it's left you wanting a little bit. Mm-hmm. I hope you are itching to hear more about what the scriptures say about what makes us strong, why our weakness is good, <laughs> why repentance is something that we can delight in, even though it feels really yeah, icky to our flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, and it should, it's killing our flesh. Our flesh doesn't <laughs> like that. Yeah. And so it's, it's uncomfortable, but man, it's, there's so much freedom and, and really what we're made for on the other side of that. So can't wait to continue to let this conversation unfold both in community and around the word of God over this next year. So ladies, if you've hung in there with us this long, if you're still listening, uh, then we would love for you to text us your name and number to a number I'm about to give you. And in doing so, you will enter yourself in to win one free ticket to Women's Workshop. So we want to bless one of you guys with a free spot. Again, registration will open August 4th, and we hope to see all of you there on September 10th. So you're going to text 512-856-5283. Say that one more time, 512 512- Eight five six five two eight three. Give us your name and your email. That would be really handy, and we'll uh, we'll draw one name and get back to you. We love you guys, and we hope to see you in September. Mm-hmm.